Amen. Thank you very much for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 21. Luke 21. And we're going to begin reading in verse 25. We're going to read verses 25 through 28 responsively. That means I'll read the first verse, we'll read the second verse together, and so on. Luke chapter 21, verse 25, and shall we stand please for the reading of God's eternal word. Luke 21, and verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh if you look back at verse 26 men's hearts failing them for fear. And uh, this morning I want to speak to you on this subject, heart failure. Uh, I think this is very, very applicable to what's happening in today's world and our society. I want you to listen very carefully. Uh, we're going to turn a little bit later to Philippians 4, but the Bible tells us only God can keep our heart. Men's hearts are failing them. A lot of heart trouble out there. A lot of heart failure. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message. We yield to your spirit the best way we know how. We pray that you give us power to preach and hear the word and that we would be honest and open with ourselves and with thee, uh, realizing the, what's happening in our society and in the hearts of men. Help us to look in the mirror, so to speak, and to, to be honest with ourselves and with thee of the condition of our heart and to realize many hearts are failing heart trouble but we praise your name that Jesus is the great physician and he can apply the balm of Gilead that cake of figs to heal us and we ask these things in Jesus name Amen, Amen. and you may be seated heart failure you know, the Bible tells us that the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursueth. The heart is called the seat of affection by many. Basically, it's the place from which we feel the emotions. And the emotions are more than just a feeling. If we understand this, they are spiritual and they rise up and they control the thought processes of our life and actually our emotions what we feel determines the quality of our life so if we're going to have a peaceful life or a troubled life it'll be determined by your heart the condition of your heart the quality of your heart and so if you have a peaceful heart you'll have a peaceful life if you have a troubled life a heart you'll have a more troubled life. So whether you have a peaceful or troubled life, it'll be determined by the condition and the quality of your heart. 
What I want to emphasize this morning, though, is that it's impossible to keep your own heart. And a lot of times we take too much responsibility on ourselves. We don't know the God-given responsibilities of what we are commanded to do. So then God will keep our heart. But true peace can only come when we have a kept heart, is what Philippians 4 calls it. So what happens, though, is we have this effort, I call it, of idolatry. We try to keep our own heart. We try to relax. We, we take a vacation. We have some hobby. Maybe we have something to distract us from everyday stress. Some people exercise, and that's very good, and you ought to do that. But that's not keeping your heart. Some people want to take a pill to solve all their problems. They take a pill to go to sleep, a pill to pep them up in the morning, another pill to control the thickness of their blood, another pill to control their blood pressure, another pill to help them with their uh, anxiety, it's whatever it's called, antidepressant pills. Some people take a drink. Some people want to do, you know, go to the river. They want to have a barbecue. Some people trust in their family to help them with heart problems. But God is the only one that can keep our heart. There's no other way. So I want to be open and honest with you this, this morning. I, I did this a while back. Uh, there's two types of people generally. Some people watch the news too much and they dwell on it too much. Other people, they don't know what's going on at all. And uh, so the people who don't know what's going on, uh, that's probably better than watching too much news, by the way. Uh, they, they have no added stress because they don't understand what's happening in politics and society. But some people, uh, you need to be informed. And so you want to be informed, but be balanced. You want to know what's happening, but you don't want to dwell on it. But when you learn what's happening, you expose yourself to it. Then you're opening up to the temptation to have a troubled heart. And so I try to stay informed. I have a certain place I get my news. I only read the headlines. I will not read the news. I hate the news. It's fake news. Most of it's bad news. I don't dwell on it, but I want to be informed to know the issues, but I have to be honest, with all of this headline reading, which I do uh, regularly, uh, it's very troubling. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm very sad about America, very, very sad about politics and what's going on out there in society. So I'm tempted, like everybody else, to have a heart failure, to have my heart fail me for fear. And you see a lot of people who are controlled by their heart these days because there's too much fake news, there's too much guile or uh, agenda, um, they have an alternative agenda, uh, and, and these ways of deceiving people, and it's creeping into our whole society, and people think they have to watch and listen and read other people's posts of their innermost thoughts of emotion and then they have to respond to that by somehow posting what they feel and how they feel about it and so you have this increase of anger you have 
rage actually. They call it the mob. Watch out. The Bible says, Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. You have this mob. And in the old days in England, there was a saying, The mob rules. If they can get enough people in utter, in, in utter anarchy or chaos to force their way, many times they'll reach their agenda. But yet, the prisons are full, jails are full, court cases are backlogged, pharmacies are making literal billions with man-made sorcery pharmaceuticals, movie houses are full, streaming, whatever that is, people love to stream, uh, it's really, uh, all kinds of internet, iPhone, social media, bad news, and they want a sounding board for what they're feeling. So notice, most people are controlled by what they feel. A Christian is to be controlled by faith. Amen. What you believe and what God's Word says, not what the world wants you to feel, and not what your heart wants you to feel. And the Bible tells us that if our own heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart. A wise man is in control of himself. A weak man is controlled by his own emotions and by the fear-mongering of the mob. So a lot of people have low self-esteem because of this. They try to get their self-esteem through the Internet, and they're bullied, and they don't have the guts to stand up for themselves. And then they become cowards. And now... We have a whole society, really, with heart failure. Men's hearts are failing them with fear. Now remember, courage is not the absence of fear. Everybody's afraid. Courage is when you face your fear. Courage is when you're afraid, but you do the right thing anyway. Courage is when you're tempted to be afraid, but you stand up and you do what's right. And you let God keep your heart. You do not try to do what only God can do. But you see, all these people, they need to unwind. They need to settle down. They need to calm down. And it's impossible without God. I'm telling you this morning, there is, it's possible to have peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. The world is raging. The world is chaotic. It's insane what's going on. It's, we're living in, Brother Roloff said, America is an insane asylum run by the inmates. You think about that. They want you to wear a mask and be scared to death, but they're letting these illegal aliens cross the border and half of them have COVID. Now, you just think that over for a while, and they're trying to shut you down, ruin your business, steal your freedom, and strike your heart with fear. This is where we're at. We're in a, it's a bunch of crazies out there. These so-called uh, elites who aren't in tune with reality in the real world. You know, they're trying to pass a law right now where it's going to cost you $800 a, a year to own an assault rifle, if they get their way. It's, all these things are coming. Pressure from every direction. Council culture, whatever that is. I'm canceling, I'm canceling them. Can, cancel culture. I'm going to cancel them. I don't care what they think about me. 
I'm not afraid of them. This is still America so far. Supposed to have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, right to bear arms, the right to assemble lawfully, the right to protest peacefully. Still America. But see, if they can get you afraid, they can ruin and wreck your whole life. If they can get you to have heart failure and lose your courage to take up a stand for what's right, now you're a coward. Now you're doing exactly what the world's going to do at the second coming of Jesus Christ. We need to stand up. You know, I'm, I admit, it's a scary world. Scary world out there. But he's the great physician. So our heart is kept by God. And the Bible says, The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and rule you so that you can have peace and serenity. So the heart is likened to like a body of water. If you are very calm, your heart becomes like a mirrored lake to where you can reflect, you can actually look down on your heart and it will reflect up and give you peace in your mind. But if you have a troubled heart, and it's always restless, and the wind's blowing, and the rage is, you know, moving around, and, and the, uh, the fear is striking your heart. That's going to affect the way you think. And if your heart affects your thinking in the wrong way, then you're going to have a low quality of life. And you're going to be afraid of everything. And if you don't watch it, you're going to be afraid of your own shadow. You're going to be afraid of your wife, your kids, the school district, everybody. But a real man has peace in the midst of the storm. Now this is an interesting word. We'll look at this in a moment. But in Philippians 4, he will keep your heart. Now this word keep means to watch as a security guard or a military sentry. God will not let anything enter your heart to trouble you. God will be your security guard. Now, I know you've got lock and load. Uh, probably everybody in here has got many guns, hopefully. <laughs> but, uh, you know, lock and load. But you're not trusting in a gun. We're trusting in God. You might have a security system. You might have a guard dog like... You know, yesterday we were soul winning. Some houses had up to six. It's pretty scary. I mean, it, they had one on every tree, man. I was. Some of them were under porches. It was. It was. They were circling around us. Uh, but can a dog really protect you? No. How about the police? No. How about the government? No. We only God can keep our heart. You know, and I say it all the time. When you go to sleep and you lay your head on your pillow and the lights are out and you close your God-given eyeballs and your wife can't help you, your brother, your mom and dad, it's just you and God and the dark, dark, deep night comes. Who are you going to trust to really care for you? Who are you going to trust to really protect your soul so that the evil dreams don't come in in the night or evil men do not break and enter. So peace means that God is our heart keeper. He's, he's our, the security guard of our heart. You know, if you think about 
Now, it's, it's so ridiculous. The COVID comes in. Then they tell you now the vaccine. Then you need a double vaccine. And then I saw a headline. They don't even know if it works. There's no guarantee it works. And then even if it does work, how long will it work? And they're saying they need at least two years of clinical study to even determine if it works. But then you better still wear a mask. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. But you can get your chamomile tea, your uh, melatonin, help sleepy time tea, uh, your herbal remedies of the, uh, what's it called? Butterfly Expressions. No, what's, it, what's the one? The Indian company that has it? The one you use. Rocky Mountain Oil? Yeah, Rocky Mountain Oil works. They're good. Hey, it works, but that's not going to solve all your problems. Your favorite show, go to the spa, get a massage. I love this one, comfort food. Yeah, comfort food will usually make you just gain weight. Uh, I don't know where that one came from. Family time, getting away as we call it. But the Bible says that men's hearts fail them for what? Fear. Now, think about this in common sense terms. You're not afraid of somebody pulling a gun on you. That doesn't destroy your life. It's the fear of that happening. It's not cancer actually strikes your body. It's the fear of the cancer. It's not these things that they say are, they're going to do. It's the fear that it might happen and they might do it. And so when this happens, men lose their fortitude to stand up and do what's right, and they lose their quality of life, and now their heart has failed them. You know, you, you might have a sound mind, good body, strong muscles, good physique. You might have a good digestive system or whatever. But if your heart fails you, you're going to be, and, and fear, the Bible says, hath torment. Fear torments people. But the Bible says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The righteous are bold as a lion. But everything that happens out there, the world's trying to take your courage. Now, I want to read this for you in Philippians chapter 4. And you ought to know where this is at. And even the Bible tells us specifically what we ought to think about. So Philippians chapter 4, and look at verse 5. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And here it is. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that's the word, keep as a security guard. A military watchman will protect your heart. And then it says in verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Boy, you can't watch the news on that one. Whatsoever things are honest. Huh, huh, better not watch the news. 
or what sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of good report? If there be any virtue, there's the good report. If there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So we are a trichotomy according to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. We are created in the image of God. The Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. And we have three parts of us that must be in harmony and unity. We have our thoughts and our words and our deeds. These three things must be in unison. So where does it all start? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you get your thoughts right, you'll get your emotions right, and you'll get your words right, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then if you can get your words right, you'll get your behavior right. So the devil knows if he can get you thinking wrong, he'll get you feeling wrong, then he'll get you to say the wrong thing, then he'll get you to do the wrong thing. Right. But the Bible tells us here, think on these things. How many people spend most of their time being disloyal to their own, their own life? Disloyal to God. You say, what does that mean? If you would become loyal to God and loyal to yourself, think biblically, speak biblically, act biblically, and then always examine yourself are you in harmony? Are your thoughts and your words and your actions coinciding in concert, if you will, with the Word of God? But most people are lacking what is called stewardship. So the word stewardship basically means management. So you are in control of your life, and if you allow someone else to control your life, then you're a poor steward. You're supposed to control what you think about, so you'll control how you feel, so you can control what you say, so you can control what you do. But, sad to say, there's a lack of stewardship because people are not willing to take charge of their own life by the power and the grace of God and through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God so that they can have peace peace in the midst of the storm and the storm's raging the wind's howling the waves are rolling the tide is so powerful there's a rip current if you don't watch out your your anchor will break and the rope will fail and you'll just drift out to to the to the sea you will lose control of uh, your life and I've, I've told you this before but I've only been sailing once, and that's why once. <laughs> uh, when I was dating my wife, she knew somebody had a pontoon sailboat, and I was ignorant, and this guy wasn't a sailor. And we went out in uh, the, sh the ship channel there at Corpus Christi, and he didn't know what he's doing, and a storm came in, 
and he didn't know how to do the mast or any of that stuff. And that thing just would swing, and he'd say duck, and it almost decapitated me. Anyway, we, we tried to anchor, the, the rope broke, we ended up getting pushed way out and beached on an island. It was, it, and finally the Coast Guard, it's an embarrassing story. Uh, anyway, they had to send help and uh, just out, no control. You see, that's what happens when you don't control what you think about. Because then you don't control how you feel. And then you don't control what you say. And then you lose control of what you do. But if you do what the Bible tells you, think on these things. Now, I say this all the time, profundity is wrapped up in simplicity. You can only think about one thing at a time. Boy, that's deep, isn't it? If you would use free will to think on the right things, you would not be troubled in your emotions. Now, we have three things here of human responsibility and one thing that is God's responsibility. And if we let God be God, we'd have peace in our heart. But God gives us a condition that we have to meet if we would do these things, then God will keep our heart. So let's just look at this very briefly, in overview, but this is very important. First of all, rejoice. Look at verse 4 of Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Now, joy is the result of obedience through suffering. The fulfillment you get that you know you did the right thing. Now, that's different from being happy. Happy is based on what happens out here. Happiness is the root cause of uh, happenings. And if you're happy, that means something good happened. So I got, a, I got a raise. Somebody said something nice. I got a new truck. I'm happy. Well, what happens if something good doesn't happen? So you have to live by inner joy. And then it says, once you get joy, rejoice. Do it again. And once you rejoice, do it again. This is repetition to do the will of God, to know the fulfillment and the satisfaction of doing the right thing. And it'll hurt. You have to suffer to do right. But rejoice. So this is a positive celebration of what God has done in your life. Celebrate. I'm not talking about a quinceanera or a birthday. I'm talking about when you did something right and you call your family together and say, I want to tell you what God did, praise the Lord. We're going to have a family meal to rejoice. Amen. Amen. Not Christmas or Easter. Rejoicing over the work of God in your life. Most, most Baptists don't know what rejoicing is. They've never done it. They can't even relate to it. Rejoice, number one. Number two, let all things be done in moderation. So if you look there in verse 5, let your moderation be, made, uh, be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Now, this is not the political term of being a moderate. You know, you have a far left wing, a liberal, right wing, conservative, moderates in the middle. That isn't what this means. Moderation biblically means diligence. Do everything you do the best you can. Do it right. 
let all things be done with moderation. So if you mow the yard, you're moderate. You do, you know, you ought to mow the yard the best you ever mowed it. If you weed eat, you know, you're weed eating along, you're in a hurry, you see that one string of grass, that weed between the sidewalk or rocks that you didn't get, I always try to get in and pull it. I'm a, if I'm going to weed eat, I'm going to do it right. If you're picking up trash and you see that one little sliver of the uh, straw cover paper that you didn't get, you, sometimes you got to go back to get it. You have to be moderate, do everything you do with diligence. Now, sad to say, a lot of people are lazy, they're negligent, they're half-hearted, they're casual, they don't do the best they can. Be diligent. Number three. Prayer, cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. So look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So there must be a regular casting of your troubled heart onto the Lord. You know, this is the way I do it. You can do it your own way. I'll just say, Father, there's something really bothering me. I just read this headline, and if they do this, it's over. <laughs> you know, if they do what this headline says, it's over. And then I'll say, that's really bothering me. And I cast my care upon you. I'm going to trust you to solve that problem, and I'm not going to think about it anymore. So, number one, rejoice. Number two, be moderate. Do everything the best you can. Number three, cast your care upon him and don't think about it. So, you know, let's say you, you need some money and you pray and say, Father, I'm really worried. I need some money. I've got to pay this bill or I have this need. Please provide and supply the need. I'm casting my care upon you. After you do that, believe God heard you and don't think about it anymore. Don't worry. Don't fret. And see, most people, they pray, and then they keep thinking about it. They pray, then they worry about it. Then they pray, and they relive it, and they double-think it, and they're double-minded. But God says, quit thinking about it after you pray. Did God hear you or not? Yes, He did. Is God God? Yes, He is. Can God do anything? Yes, He can. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No, it's not. If God heard you, pray in faith. And then, it tells us, don't think about the things that are troubling you. Think on these things. So, if you're going to think about only one thought at a time, Fill your mind by stewardship, free will, with the good type of thoughts. And then if you do that, God says he'll keep your heart. So I don't have to keep my heart. I don't need a pill or a potion or a formula. I don't need a trip. You know, my brother and I were talking about this, and some of you get mad at me, but I've never liked Easter. To, to me, you know, when I was a little kid, I didn't like it. First of all, I hate boiled eggs. <laughs> I hate the smell of vinegar when we'd have to dive. It nauseated me, and I didn't like the Easter candy. It was, it was cheap. Yeah. You know, where we grew up in Oklahoma, I couldn't stand Easter candy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it meant nothing to me. 
and usually a cold front would hit right when you thought spring was hitting and it'd freeze. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not the type of person, I don't need special events, I don't need occasions, big day, I don't need that. To me, every Sunday's Resurrection Day. Now, some of you may love Easter. I hope you do. My mom loved it. We had a big family. It was a reunion for us. We had a reunion every Easter, a big meal. But for me personally, I don't need that. But I need to rejoice. I need to rejoice. That's what every day. I need to joy and rejoice, then rejoice again, then rejoice again. And I need to be moderate, and I need to cast my care upon Him when it troubles me, then I need to quit thinking about that. Then I need to think about something good. And so, if we do this, then we can claim the promise. And it says, verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, Look what he says to think about, and we'll be through. Look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Now, if, if you're thinking about something, and it's bothering you, is it true what you're thinking about? Could it be a lie? Well, what are you thinking about it? Next, whatsoever things are honest. Where are you getting your source of the information? Is it honest? Is it credible? Why would you think about that? Whatsoever things are just. Is this really just? You know, now they're trying to cancel Pepe Le Pew and Speedy Gonzalez, that you're a racist. If, and, and, and it's unbelievable the junk they're pushing on us. Right. It's, it's, not even, it's not even possible sanity. Right. It's crazy. Wow. Where am I? Oh, what sort of things are pure? Well, that writes it all off, doesn't it? Uh, what sort of things are lovely? Well, that's ugly. I'm not thinking about that. What sort of things are good report? Is this, a, you know, think about what's bothering you. Is it a bad news or a good report? And that'll settle it right there. I'm only going to think about Christ is coming back to bail me out of this. And it's not over yet. There's still hope. I'm not going to live in fear. Look what it says. Is there any virtue? If there be any praise, you know, can you praise the Lord about that? Well, then what are you thinking about it? Only think about things you can praise the Lord for. Think on these things. And then he says, we have a God-given duty to set the right example. The things which we have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, we have three responsibilities. Rejoice, be diligent, be moderate, and cast your care upon Him. Quit thinking about what's troubling you, then think on these things, and you're going to have a peaceful heart. And so I, I, I go through this just like you. I'm a human. I'm not glorified yet, and something's bothering me, and somebody will send me some news article, and I'm going, this is troubling. This is insane. And I'll go, oh, I'm not thinking about that. Because <laughs> if I did, 
I, I wouldn't have any peace. I couldn't sleep at night if I dwelt on all these bad, the bad reports out there. But the Word of God is true, and God said, let, let God be true and every man a liar. So, heart failure. Boy, you know, if there were spiritual heart doctors, which there are, they're called preachers Amen. and Christians in the ministry, if people knew their real problem, there'd be a backlog of patients. Why? There's a lot of heart failure out there. A lot of heart trouble out there. Men's hearts are failing them for fear. And so in conclusion, before we have the invitation, I just ask you to be honest. Is your heart failing you? Because we need our heart. We need to depend on our heart to support our life and lift us up. We don't need our heart to fail us. All right. Let's pray. Let's bow our head, close our eyes. I'd ask that no one is uh, leaving. No one is looking around at this time.